Hello everyone, welcome back to Darkness and Daisies. I'm Jerry. And hey guys, I'm Erin. She's back. I am back. We're going to have two stories. This uh, might be a little bit of a shorter episode, but uh, we're going to talk about a very interesting murder case and also something that happened in the last episode of The Legend of Vox Machina. But we'll start with the case first. Aaron, do you know anything about um, a woman named Natasha Beth Darcy? No, never heard the name. Never heard the name. Well, she is an Australian woman. She lived in Australia, and just recently she was sentenced to 40 years in prison by the Australian courts for the death of her boyfriend that she was with. Okay, so she murdered him? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, apparently everybody's taking this well. Well, and uh, this is how she killed him. And this was back in 2017, and she has just been convicted. Oh. Uh, she served him a sedative-infused milkshake, and then she gassed him with helium pumped into a plastic bag over his head. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel bad saying that's creative, but I definitely haven't heard of that before. Yeah. Like a sedative, okay, I could see that. That's considered poisoning. But the helium part? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this murder was uh, conducted by her because uh, she would actually inherit her boyfriend's $2.4 million uh, villa. And uh, that's in American money, so I don't know with the Australian what the value would be there. Because uh, she had actually um, made him change his will to put her as a beneficiary. Wow. Uh, she will not be eligible for paroles until 2047. So she's going to serve at least half of that time. At least. But apparently, in regards to Darcy, this is not the first time she has been accused of uh, basically trying to kill a, uh, a a partner of hers. That's creepy. Mm-hmm. Um... Apparently, back when she was married, she had tried unsuccessfully to kill her husband. Did she get caught? Uh, apparently, it was uh, it was attempted murder, so he did not die. Oh, jeez. But this is what she did to him. She hit her husband, one Colin Crossman, on the head with a hammer while he slept and set fire to their house. Wow. And he survived that. Apparently, her motive was uh, insurance money money, and basically she had been, like, stealing from him. And did she do time for that? Or are they just now figuring this out? Or Uh, She was on probation for that crime. All she got was probation? Uh, At that time. It doesn't uh, really say in the uh, article I'm looking at right now that when this happened... But she was on probation for the hammer and arson crimes uh, against her uh, husband when she met uh, Dunbar, the victim, her boyfriend, in 2014. And apparently, old Darcy uh, wasn't very uh, good about cleaning, uh, hiding her tracks. Because when they looked at her browser history, the following terms came up. Spider venom. Poisonous mushrooms. I mean, you live in Australia. Yeah. Stabbed in the brain. Wow. How to commit murder. (laughs) 
<laughs> and if police have your mobile, can they see your websites? Well, the answer yes. to that, Darcy, is yes, they can. Yes, they can. I mean, you live in Australia. Couldn't you just go wrangle up a spider or something? Maybe. Now, this story actually has a very strange connection. Would you like to know what that connection is? Well, yeah. I mean, I just feel like this is also nonchalant. She's like, yeah, I did it. Whatever. This murder actually connects to the television show and one of my personal favorites, Frasier. But how? How? Maybe she, like, knew somebody, like, that worked on the show? Well, no, this is what happened, and this is um, a letter she wrote to a friend. Now, this friend, she was offering money to say that apparently her boyfriend had been talking about suicide in the past couple weeks. Okay. So then he dies. They think it's suicide. Friend says, oh, yeah, they've been talking about it. Uh Uh-huh. But this is what she wrote. I was watching an episode of Frasier when Niles needed Frasier, him, to lie in court and say he didn't know that Niles was in love with Daphne. It got me thinking. If only I could ask somebody to say that Matthew told them he was planning a suicide maybe a few or several days before he passed. Okay. So that's the connection. By watching this episode of Frasier, which is actually a great episode of Frasier, I actually know exactly which episode they're talking about. Um, that's what convinced her. Now, she offered the friend, in order to lie, $15,000 and say that, hey, yeah, he'd been talking about suicide. It ain't worth it. Um, well, let's put it this way. The friend, got, when they got this letter, uh, turned that letter right over to the authorities. I told you it wasn't worth it. I know. So, I mean, also, like, I feel like that's blasphemous against the Frasier show. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because a lot of the headline about the story is like, oh, Frasier-inspired murder plot. And I was like, there wasn't an episode of Frasier where there was a murder plot. Exactly. So, I had to dive in because, again, Frasier is one of my top shows of all time. But, yeah, that's what it was. I, I, I will say this. Th- now... I mean, I honestly, like, it sounds like they just arrested her and she was like, yeah, cool. That was me. Whatever. Yeah. But I also really want to know how the helium thing came to be other than you're d- voiding the bag of oxygen. Yeah. And I mean, if you're sedative, you can't fight. So you're already... Your breathing is already shallow. Right. But I mean, like, who would think of that? Well, apparently she did. I, and I will who say just that, has helium laying around? I know. Well, the craziest thing to me, aside from the fact that this woman was on probation for attempted murder and arson on her husband. Now, I, I'm not going to judge anybody other country's judicial system. I'm just not going to do it because it's their laws. They can do what they want. Right. But, I mean, it, it's it's crazy to me that... This succeeded because from all from everything that we just discussed, this this is the murderer who couldn't shoot straight. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Nice little browser <laughs> history. How to get away with murder? And yet she only gets probation. No, no, no. This is on in regards to the boyfriend. Oh, okay. Who got killed? The second one. Okay. How to get away with murder? I think once you uh, a police officer sees how to get away with murder, you're not going to need Sherlock Holmes to figure this one out. Right. I mean, it's just insanity. I feel very bad for the boyfriend because I'm going to assume that she decided not to tell him anything about, you know, 
you know, what were you doing a few years ago? Well, you know, I was on probation. Right. Sounds like she's very money hungry. Yeah. To a point where it's just, as I said. I don't know. That's just sad. It is. And it's it's terrible because, you know, I, I mean, we don't know this guy. And, I mean, honestly, this woman is a sociopath. She can convincingly lie and get a person who she's not even married to to change her will to leave me the house. Now, I mean, I don't know about anybody else out there, but if somebody starts talking about a will and you're not even together, married, and, oh, yeah, leave everything to me. Again, that's red flag number one. Why, 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 why are you interested in the will? Right. You know? So. She has been sentenced, as I said, uh, eligible for parole in 2047. So, 26 well, years from now. If she keeps acting up. Like, I, I still wouldn't trust her after that period if for I, I some reason either. she got out for i don't know good behavior or something i i wouldn't i i would not be able to trust her no i i mean this is uh it's just uh, this woman was about money and everybody else was just roadblocks well yeah but i mean if you take it in like thought as far as you're in prison you have absolutely nothing because you're in prison what are you going to want as soon as you get out? You're going to need a place to go and you're going to want money. Right. Sounds like an ultimate motivator to me. Well, I, I think probably the Australian authorities are probably going to keep a very close eye on her. I now think so, too. Because there is a pattern here. So. That's that's just horrible. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, so the other part is is uh, The Legend of Vox Machina. Uh, we talked about it. Uh, a few episodes ago, uh, the first three episodes, we got through the whole series. Just fantastic, wouldn't you say? The whole series. Oh, I thought it was great. Um, but we wanted to talk a little bit about the last episode. And this one, of course, deals with Percy and the, would you say demon? Who's kind of in him or in his gun? I think so. I mean, also, like... I don't know how many people are, like, rushing to go watch this, but if you haven't seen it, obviously there's a spoiler. Well, yeah, and I mean, there, I, it, it's kind of weird because technically all this happened, like, years ago in the first campaign. Right. So, so yeah, there, a mild spo- spoiler warning. The demon, who is not named in the show, which is something that we started uh, noticing in the show, is that some blatant D&D references are kind of changed. And it's just because they want to do it. I mean, Bigby's hand is not called uh, Bigby's hand. It's called Scanlan's hand. That's the way he calls it. But the demon is Orthax. Now, Orthax is, and I love this idea about Orthax, is that he, it's basically, and I think I even told you this, is that it's what if vengeance or revenge was an actual, like, entity. It wasn't just a feeling. And it controls you. And it, it's interesting with him because you he has these names on his gun of people who have wronged him. And every time they die, they just disappear. But, you, uh, you know, halfway through the series, you start realizing that names start getting added. Yeah, it's like it, uh, this pistol or whatever it is, the chambers kind of come up with their own names. Right. And, and I mean, it's really just Orthax just putting it on there. But it just, I think, is a great little, like, uh, how do I say this? Allegory? I don't know if that's the word I want. But a, but a very good, like, message about how revenge and vengeance never stops. Right. It just, it can never end. And it, it's weird because on one hand, 
the people who Percy initially goes after, I mean, these are bastards of the highest order. Yeah, like, I mean, really, you're just like, well, he should. That, that's you're fair. You're like, go, Percy, yeah. go. But then when it starts to take over him and it's like he's not even having a choice anymore. He, like, it starts moving his hand around with the gun and again starts adding names like, oh, here's this person. and Here's oh, my he, best friend. Yeah, or here's whatever. her friends and stuff like that. It it really just is a very good representation about vengeance and how it just it never stops. You can't just keep going. You can't live down this path. Um, uh, Tennyson, of course, who voiced Percy, does a fantastic job in that scene. Um, Matthew Mercer, of course, is the voice of Orthax in the show, and but Tennyson does a real thing. You really hear the screaming and the and the as he's trying to regain control. And for most of that episode, you don't think he's going to regain control. Right. It's like Orthax is taking it. I mean, we used to joke uh, when Percy puts on the mask earlier in the episodes, we're like, oh, Percy isn't here anymore. And then you find out, oh, that's actually literally the truth. Yeah, exactly. It's just Orthax. So uh, it, it was just, it's, and I will say it is probably the most frightening Image Orthax, who is just seen as like a shadow demon in the original campaign, they really made him a really frightening thing, especially like in Percy's like dreamscape. Mm-hmm. He becomes terrifying, and it, it was just a really good episode. And as I said, a fantastic series, can't wait for the second season. Um, but yeah, Orthax is really, really well done. Which which I will say, as the show went on, I think we talked about this a little bit when we talked about the first few episodes, is that everybody in this show, I mean, when you're listening to Campaign 1 or watching Campaign 1 of Critical Role, you kind of had an idea how these things would be. And I think uh, Titmouse, who did the animation, nailed it completely. Because everybody looked and acted and sounded like I thought they would sound like. This is true. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Um, we're still now involved in the Mighty Nine campaign, too. Um, yeah. Which we love, and I really hope, uh, just because, you know, there's some great characters, especially in the main cast, but, my God, I want to see that shopkeeper animated. Oh, yes. Uh, we must Poo- see Poomba. this. What is the name? Puma. Pumba Soul or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> just let Matt Matthew Mercer just go wild on that. It is the funniest damn character. And that's a guy who, and that's coming from a guy who's seen and heard uh, the Black Powder guy, who Percy buys his Black Powder from, which I swear to God, please bring him in in the second episode. Oh, see, I don't know season. anything about oh, that. He is, he is uproarious. I mean, when he is talking, <laughs> everybody at the table is is dying, laughing. I mean, like, that's the best part, though, to, like, go with a voice you don't normally do. Oh, my God. It's the best. so good. And also, a quick little thing. Did you know that at one of the uh, cons that Matthew Mercer went to, he actually dressed up as him as the shopkeeper? Yep. Oh, my goodness. And he had a little booth like it's a store. Oh, no. And he was a state character. He's like, hey, why don't you come up here? It's very, like, a really thick Minnesota accent. Oh, my God. It's so funny. And the funny thing. It's the best. and And the best thing is. Is like so the character comes, you get introduced to him, and you're like, "Wow, this guy's got it out there." But then they start going back to the shop, and he just keeps getting funnier. 
every time he shows up. I don't know. This latest one, it seemed like he was a little bit more annoyed because it's like, oh, we have a new person in our campaign today. So they really have to experience this character. Oh, my God. I love it. Matthew, you you kill it with all your uh, uh, store people, of course. Gilmore from Gilmore's Glory is good. Oh, my God. He (laughs) so damn funny. I mean, also, like, this is, like, totally going more back towards uh, Orthax. Mm Mm-hmm. About how vengeance just kind of takes over and revenge and hate and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I just find it interesting because I don't know that this was really planned. But when... I don't know. <laughs> it sounds horrible. I want to say Ghostbusters. That's not what I mean. But like when investigators go to certain places for mm-hmm. that issue of, I don't know, paranormal things happening. Mm-hmm. Some of the times they tell you it was completely created. Yeah. by the person mm-hmm. just from the energy they put put off and I kind of feel like this might be the same thing like he created Orthax because of his hate and his you know like well I, I don't mean, know his like focus on getting revenge that like it created it well and, and they don't really go into this in the show because my god you've got hours and hours of right. story but Orthax is a demon and he and it wasn't like, oh, Percy wanted revenge, and this thing kind of wheedled its way in there and like took it over. No, he called Orthax, and or and in the show they casually mention that it's like you called me. Oh, see, you I don't. Me. I don't know anything about yeah, that. Percy went into this one hundred percent eyes wide open. Oh, okay, yeah, I didn't know that at all. And it's it's just literally like you called me because, and that's the thing with Percy. Uh, in the show especially, is that you get the feeling from the very beginning when he starts heading out to Whitestone that he fully expects not to come back. This is a this is a suicide mission. I'm going to go there, I'm going to end these people, and I'm going to die doing it. Well, yeah. But because... his friends being there kind of pull him back. True. But, yeah. So, great show. Um Watch it if you haven't watched it. There's so many good stuff. Once again, not for kids. Definitely not for kids. The violence is really heavy. Yeah. So, well, I think we can put this body in the ground. What do you think? I think people shouldn't do drugs. Yes. And they should be good human beings. Yes. And other than that, let's throw some daisies on it. Right. So thank you so much for listening. My name is Jerry. And I'm Aaron. And come back next week and we'll see what else we can dig up.